1: Accountable care organizations are saving Medicare money, but reports differ on just how much. Healthcare giant UnitedHealth Group is going to get even bigger, and during open enrollment, few people actually switch Medicare plans. That's all coming up on this episode of Just Healthcare Daily. It's Wednesday, December 4th, and I'm Alex Olgan with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. How much money are Accountable Care Organizations, or ACOs for short, actually saving Medicare? Well, it depends on who you ask and how you define savings. An ACO is a network of medical providers with reimbursements linked to both quality and cost metrics. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services claims ACOs saved Medicare $739.4 million in 2018. CMS calculates savings by comparing it to annual spending targets. However, a new report commissioned by the National Association of Accountable Care Organizations looks at savings differently. The NAACO analysis done by the firm Dobson and Devanzo compares ACO spending to that of non-ACO providers and patients. That report found that between 2013 and 2017, the ACO Medicare program decreased federal spending by 3.53 billion dollars. But after shared savings bonuses were paid out to the ACO members, the net savings to Medicare over four years was $755 million. Either way you look at it, ACOs are saving Americans money. But for some context, total Medicare spending between 2013 and 2017 was $3.2 trillion. So the savings are still a very small portion of total Medicare spending. At this rate, either way that you calculate it, they don't make much of a dent in the overall Medicare spending. Optum is made up of tens of thousands of doctors, a pharmacy benefit management group, and a data and analytics arm. Its parent company, United Health Group, said during an investor day on Tuesday that by next year, Optum will make up half the company's earnings. United Health Group also owns the nation's largest insurer, UnitedHealthcare. Fierce Healthcare reported that UnitedHealth also detailed ambitious growth plans for Optum of between 13 and 14 percent again for 2020, and UnitedHealth projected 2020 revenue to be at least $260 billion. UnitedHealth has been aggressively growing its provider arm, Optum Health. This summer it acquired Davita Medical Group for 4.3 billion dollars, which made it the largest owner of physician practices in the country with tens of thousands of physicians employed under exclusive contract. Optum Health also owns a large ambulatory surgery chain, Surgical Care Affiliates, and a large urgent care clinic provider, MedExpress, along with sizable physician groups in Texas, Florida, California, and Washington state. The company has said in investor calls that it expects its care delivery business to bring in $100 billion in revenue by 2028. Next year, all of Optum, including the other businesses, is expected to generate $112 billion in revenue. President Trump's pick to lead the Food and Drug Administration is one step closer to the job. Tuesday, a Senate panel voted to move Dr. Stephen Hahn's nomination forward. Hahn is the chief medical executive at M.D. Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. A few Democrats, including Washington Senator Patty Murray, voted against Hahn's nomination. I was particularly concerned that when pressed several times, by members on both sides of the aisle, Dr. Hahn refused to commit to implementing a strong policy to clear non-tobacco-flavored e-cigarettes that have not undergone FDA review from the market, like the Trump administration promised to do before it heard from the tobacco industry and reverse course. That is a big red flag for me and why I will be voting against his nomination. It's not clear when the next and final step in his confirmation process will happen, the full Senate vote. Today, the House Committee on Reform and Oversight is scheduled to hear from Mitch Zeller, the director for the Center of Tobacco Products at the FDA, about the status of the flavored e-cigarette ban the president announced in September but has since backed down from. A new analysis from the Kaiser Family Foundation raises questions about whether consumers are well-equipped to navigate the complexities of picking a Medicare plan. The report finds very few people in Medicare actually jump to another kind of plan during open enrollment. Only between 6 and 13 percent do so. And it's not for lack of options. On average, there are more than two dozen Medicare Advantage plans and Part D plans for 2020. Kaiser finds that about half of those enrolled say they never or rarely compare plans, and that number gets even higher when you look at enrollees who are 85 and older. One reason is it's just too complex for the average consumer, especially for those who are poor in health or have five or more chronic conditions. About 40 percent of those respondents told KFF it was very or somewhat difficult to compare Medicare options. Authors of the report say that by not reviewing their options, many beneficiaries could be missing out on key differences among plans that could ultimately save them money and improve their coverage. There is less than a week left for people to sign up for Medicare plans for 2020, and it hasn't been the smoothest open enrollment period. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services faced criticism over its newly redesigned online tool that lets people browse different coverage options. Consumer advocates have said that the Medicare Plan Finder tool is often presenting inaccurate or confusing information about what prescriptions are covered by different plans and what the deductibles will be. CMS has pushed back on the criticism. PBS reports the agency issued a rebuttal that said the tool sourced by Premium costs instead of, for example, total out of pocket expenses, because that's what people generally want to know first. Open enrollment for Medicare comes to a close December 7th. Taking a look at healthcare stocks after United Health Group's investor day, the stock ended the trading day down 0.99%. Other health insurers were mixed. Cigno was down 0.82%, and Humana was up 1.1%. The broader sector was down 0.21% at the end of the trading day Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a review or rate us in whichever podcast app you're listening on. And you can check out more insights on healthcare, business, and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare.